Hey, I want to ask you, bro. You Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah. Do you feel that they can still make the playoffs? On Saturn, not on Earth, but on Saturn, I think we're, I think we can still make it on another planet. Uh -huh. But not on Earth. Right. Not on Earth. Do you, are you still riding with them, even though like they're not doing too well right now? I stay true, man. I feel like I'm at the point where I should maybe try out. You know what I mean? Like at this point. I feel like I should just throw my hat in the ring and let's dance, dude. <laughs> I can kick shit, I don't know. Adrian Peterson, you think they brought him in too soon? I mean, I'm glad they brought him back for that game and not the Green Bay games that's outdoors and it's going to be cold weather. But I feel like, love AP, AD, but just, yeah, you can, you can chill out, dude. Like, you can go to, like, let's go to Hawaii and just take some time off. So you should definitely chill on the next game. <laughs> yeah, dude. just flight to Saturn. I'll go with him. <laughs> Do you think they should fire the coach? Uh, no. Zimmer's the man. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. Now one last one. A few years back, you got really upset during the, uh, the draft. You didn't get Menzel. Do you kind of feel in hindsight y'all kind of dodged the bullet because Barr is killing it? Oh, Barr is the man, dude. I just thought Johnny was like, you know. I wanted to party with him. That's basically what it boiled down to. All right, you called me out. I wanted to party with Mantel. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. The bars are made. I made a better decision. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 11 of the Donut Club podcast. I am your host, Adam Patrick. No, this is not a podcast about donuts, but rather a podcast that covers everything having to do with the Minnesota Vikings. It was fun talking with Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman on the last episode, uh, couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks ago and we have another great guest uh, lined up for today on today's show I would like to welcome someone who has been covering the Vikings for a good amount of time now and the newest member of the Vikings territory family Mr. Drew Mahold welcome to the show Drew yeah thanks for having me Adam this is great all right, Drew, uh, before we get started, can you let the listeners know where they can find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I spend most of my social media time. Uh, the the uh, username would be at Drew Mahold, and that'd be the last name there is spelled M-A-H-O-W-A-L-D. All right, so uh, go follow him there. All right, today we're going to get started with a little rapid fire. If you could do your best to keep these answers short and sweet, Drew, that would be great. Perfect. All right, first, your favorite Vikings player of your lifetime. I think I already know the answer to this, but and anyone who follows you on Twitter, but um, might as well just ask oh, yeah. it anyways. Yeah, uh, my boy Jimmy Kleinsaucer. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, I can't pick anybody else besides him right now. Okay, um, your um, first Vikings jersey, if you ever got one. Uh, it was actually a, it was a Chris Carter jersey. Uh, I think it was for Christmas when I would have been five or six years old. Okay, yeah, that was mine too. 
So um, the team or division you could care less about in the NFL? Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to say the NFC South, and there's no really real reason for it, but yeah. Okay. So like the Bucks and Falcons? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I learn or there's let there's the fewest amount of news from that division, but maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's you're you might be one of the f- the few to choose someone outside of the AFC South. That's usually a, a, a... That's probably the that's probably the better answer, but I uh, <laughs> I like to mix mix things up. We'll go with that. Okay. Um the non Vikings player you most enjoy to watch. There's, this is a good one. Um I have a thing for Andrew Luck, so I'll say that just because I think he's underappreciated and um that's kinda that's I mean, I think he's a lot better than what his perception is. Yeah, I think he's good too. I think uh, his talent may be getting a bit wasted out there, and that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, one NFL rule that should be changed, just one. Um, I think the overtime rule should be changed. I think it should be like the college rule. Like college, how they start off at what, like the thirty or at the twenty-five? Yeah, and they um, yeah, that, that's what I think they should do in the NFL too. All right. To the fun questions. If you were a baseball player, what would be your walk-up song? Ooh, um, I got. I'm gonna go with a couple here. Um, <laughs> I like. First of all, jump around would be good. Yeah. Because you know you get, get everybody excited because you know something great's gonna happen. But uh, also, living on a prayer, um, Bon Jovi, that'd be good too. <laughs> okay. Um, your must-have pizza topping. I, I I'm a sausage guy all the way. <laughs> don't say that too loud but okay um, oh my goodness i realized <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a i'm a sausage pizza topping guy I'll say that. <laughs> all right your first celebrity crush Ooh, um there's a lot of them for sure um you know the, this person's still a crush for me so uh jennifer aniston it's gotta be oh man so, uh, so you're not a sausage guy. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the favorite city you have ever visited? Ooh. Um, let's see. I might have to go, you know, this is maybe not as much a city. Um, South Bend in Indiana, just because I went and uh, visited Notre Dame, and that place is pretty cool. So that would be my favorite uh, visited city. It's a city. Yeah, it technically it is, yeah. but I think it was mostly just the campus. It's, yeah. it's, it's nuts, actually. And lastly, since this is the Donut Club podcast, what is your favorite kind of donut? Oh, just glazed, pure glazed. Oh, man. Keep it in simple. Oh, yeah. Okay, that does it for the rapid fire today. Next, I would like to dive a little deeper into how you started covering the Vikings. So can you just explain you know, how that went about? Did you start a blog or, or write for a site or something like that? Yeah, I, I, um, I started a small blog that, um, you know, it didn't get a whole ton of traffic or anything, but um, then I actually um, started with uh, the Viking Age, um, where you're now a, a co-expert. So yeah. that's kind of where I first started, and then I um, ended up joining uh, NSCN Barroom and spent about a, a little over a year there. And then uh, now I'm recently uh, on the VT staff, so that's kind of my journey. You're moving on up. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, 
sometimes people will ask me how like maybe I'm able to keep writing and writing even though it may not pay the best in the end as you probably know right but yeah. um but what what drives you to continue to keep writing I think it's just the the ability to you know you can shape a message in your own way and then the way that at the same time you know the way the audience can receive it so many different ways too um i think that's just a cool you know, it's a cool aspect of you know writing stuff and then obviously with sports there's new stuff to cover um it's it's always it's continuous there's always stuff new stuff to cover new ideas um it's just it's always been something interesting to me and i mean it's been that way kind of for me since you know i was a sports editor on the um in our high school newspaper back when I was a junior in high school. So it's just been, that's, it's always been something that's piqued my interest. Oh, so you, so you started getting interested in this stuff back in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, like the Viking stuff kind of started as I, um, I've been a couple years now, a couple years ago now as a freshman in college when I started doing Viking stuff in particular. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, in high school I was, I was interviewing, uh, my, my buddies that were, you know, doing track and field or football or whatever. So, uh, I've always had this thing kind of on my, on my radar. Good. Good. Um, is there a specific moment that you, that maybe reminded you of why you enjoy, you know, covering the Vikings or another sports team? Oh, I think, I think just my experience this past, uh, August at training camp, that was, that was really cool to, uh, kind of get the media access and go, you know, interview some of the players and uh, be there for the press conferences. And um, that, that just, that was really cool. And it was um, fun to be a part of that and kind of get my feet wet as far as, you know, being, you know, part of the, I guess, quote unquote, uh, legit media, getting the access there. Yeah, that's, that's something that, I, that they do that, you know, it's, it's really good. I like that they do that. I don't, I don't know if other teams do that, but I think that's, you know, it's, Pretty awesome yeah, I know the Vikings PR staff is pretty flexible about it too. So um, at least I think you know they were with with me, and I, I'm assuming that that's kind of not it's not uniform with the rest of the league. So um, definitely appreciative of that for sure. Yeah, I think they will. I think it helps that they have Zimmer in there, and knowing that he's probably gonna shut anyone down that tries to uh, you know ask him a silly question. Right. Yeah. Like that. Um, do you have any advice? to someone out there maybe thinking about writing that just doesn't know maybe where to start? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the first thing that kind of, um, I think people, um, don't really understand, I guess maybe is how much it actually takes, you know, how much repetition it takes. Yeah. Um, it, you can't just, you know, write a few times and expect mm -mm. all this, all this to happen. You know, it, it takes, you know, I remember, um, you know, back when I did some stuff for fan side for the Minnesota Timberwolves, I was, I had, um, what you do now for the, the Viking age, I was a co-editor there. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, you know, the requirements are you basically are writing an article daily at the minimum. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, you have to, it takes a lot and it takes, it's a, it's a process for sure. Um, but you know, in the end, um, you know, the goal is to be able to do this for a living and if, you know, you're able to, that's one heck of a living in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, you got to keep, you got to keep writing. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it sounds, it's, it's super simple, but it, I mean, it's, it, I think it's, I think it's true. It's with just pretty much just like with anything else. Like if you just, if you keep up with it, even if, you know, you're not the greatest writer in the world to begin with, eventually right. you're going to get better over time. And if you don't, then, you know, maybe it's just, it's not for you. 
But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. So, all right. Since this is a Vikings podcast, let's get a bit into some Vikings news. Since the last episode, which was I think before Christmas, so it's been been a little bit, but um, the Vikings have made a few changes, including making Pat Shermer the full time offensive coordinator. Um, firing slash parting ways, however you want to call it, with quarterbacks coach Scott Turner and hiring a new running back coach in Kennedy Polamalu. Um, Drew Shermer obviously did a good enough job to get retained by the team for at least another season, but what does he have to do better to stick around for another season or two after 2017? Well, I think... I think he needs to be a little bit more um, flexible, I guess. And this is obviously, um, you know, having an offensive line that can protect for longer than three seconds <laughs> um, would help that. But, I mean, I think the the transition from Turner to Shermer was very rigid in the middle of the season. I think, yeah. you know, you went from the downfield stuff with from Turner and it was strictly, you know, short stuff for the for the first, what, three or four weeks of, of Shermer. And, you know, we get to Jacksonville and they started to finally open things up a little bit, but... Um, I think the, the, the shots downfield with Shermer were very calculated to begin with. And I think if he kind of, you know, opens up a little bit more and you have a guy like Bradford that can deliver the deep ball so accurately, um, yeah, that, that, that would for me kind of, um, reassure, you know, how I feel about him being promoted. Cause I mean, I think it was the right decision, but, um, I'm not going to say he's perfect by any means at this point. I think he needs to be a little bit more, um, aggressive down the field. And then I, then I'd be all in on, on Pat Shermer. Yeah, no, I think it was the right decision, too. I mean, he's been there, and he's been with Bradford for, you know, a couple of years now, and so they're right, yeah. they're familiar with each other. And then, you know, Teddy's been learning the offense for at least uh, probably a year now, or at least sim- a similar offense, because I'm sure Shermer, Shermer had some input in the offense even before uh, North Turner left. Right, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like they – the Vikings were in the same position with Shermer that they were in with Bradford earlier in the year. Like they kind of went through the same thing twice this year because they had to rush and hurry to find Bradford, get him in there and, you know, slowly get him into uh, the offense. And then they kind of had to do the same thing with Shermer. Like he had to adjust to calling the plays and things like that. And it took, it took a little while. And so hopefully a full off season will help him out. All right, here to talk all things Adrian Peterson's future. Dave Schwartz, tell me right now, on the record, is he coming back? I would be surprised. I, I just think that there's too much uh, for them to spend on him. Not to say that he's not worth $18 million. Maybe he is to some team, although I doubt it. Bottom line is he accounts for 7% of the Vikings cap space, which is a ridiculous number for one player, especially for a running back uh, who averaged 1.9 yards per carry last year and is going to be 32 this year, and for a team that has so many things that they have to address this offseason. It's just too much. He was all smiles this morning, obviously, saying he wants to play with the Vikings, but I would want to play for the Vikings, too, if they were going to pay me $18 million next year. Yeah. So is it just that he wants that contract, or does he want to play football? What do you think? I think Adrian Peterson has always been very cognizant of his PR, first and foremost. He's always a guy who's wanted to smile uh, and always wanted to make sure that he looks good in front of the cameras. I think more than anything, Adrian Peterson wants to make the most money that he can in the final years of his career which, whether that's here or somewhere else, it's probably not going to be here because, let's face it, they're going to 
come down a little bit on their offer. There's no way that they're going to pay him $8 million a year. He's probably worth maybe three, four, maybe less than that. I mean, you look at some of the numbers. The, the, the guy who's leading the league in rushing, even I mean, the rookie of the year, Ezekiel Elliott, probably going to be rookie of the year this year. For Dallas, he's not leading the league in rushing. He's up there. He only makes $3 million. I mean, there's no way that you're going to pay Adrian Peterson $18 million to come back, and no team is going to pay him that. So it's going to be this process of what do I think I'm worth versus what am I going to get from other teams, and then somewhere in the middle he's going to find what he really is worth, and then he'll go to that team, whether it's here or somewhere else. It's not a surprise that the Vikings hired a new running back coach. Um, this team was dead last in rushing in 2016, but um, – what does the team need to do to improve their rushing attack next season? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think the obvious answer here is to look at the offensive line. Um, you know, it's obviously not all on the offensive line, yeah. but um, I think the, you know, there wasn't a lot there for, you know, opportunities for McKinnon or Asiata or Peterson. I mean, all three of them, um, they just, they weren't given a lot to work with. And, um, you know, obviously they each have their own um, faults running the ball. You know, Asiata's not the fastest guy in the world, and um, McKinnon's not the best in between the tackles um, mm-hmm. runner in the world. But um, and Peterson's about, you know, he plays like he's about 50 years old now. So, you know, it's just um, there's a lot of different things to look at here. And um, but I guess, you know, the, it's interesting because you know it's so funny how this team was what, fifth or fourth in the league in rushing a few years ago? And, well, they've, they've um, been in, um, I think the worst they were the past five years was 11th, and that was, tw- yeah, I think that I was mean, 2014. That was the year without Peterson. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's gonna it's a swift change from the past. And, I, th- I mean, you know, the same, a lot of the same guys are on the offensive line still from, you know, like 2015 to 2016, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the addition of Alex Boone. Um, and then, obviously, a bunch of injuries happened as well, but... Um, I think I, I would personally go in the draft and get a guy to compliment McKinnon because I think McKinnon's versatility, both you know as a receiver and kind of as a um, change of pace runner, could be very very useful and effective. So I get a guy kind of a, a more smash mouth um, type of runner. You know, I think you know the, the the Vikings kind of Twitter sphere, I guess, has been enamored with Wayne Gallman. That's a guy you know that could fit that role as well as Kareem Hunt too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the draft, but I mean, I have to, I still have to do a bunch of work on kind of looking at the running backs and seeing what you know the best options are. But those are a couple of guys for sure that I would look at um, pretty intensely as a mid-round pick because um, you know while the offensive line is obviously a huge priority in the draft, but um, running back is as well because you know Peterson's likely not back next year. I, I hope he's not at this point. And then you know Asiata again, he's like the most average player to ever play. So. You know, you, you got to upgrade there for sure, and um, I, I would hope they do that in the draft. Yeah, somebody was talking to me, uh, I think on on Twitter today, about Asiata and how they should just bring him back because he's solid. And I was just like, uh, he hasn't. He's been there for five years. He hasn't done anything. Like, is it really going to be that big of a deal if they bring in someone else to replace him? I don't really think they're going to lose that much. I mean, they're not going to lose anything. I just, I think he could, he'd be a good like guy, you know, as for depth, you know, if you need to bring him in, start him or play him big snaps for, yeah. you know, a few games. I, 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 he's a fine option. I just think you can certainly upgrade there. And I don't think it'd be hard to upgrade there at all. So you think they should um, part ways with Adrian? And they yeah. Should, they should draft a running back. Um, Hunt, is he the guy from Toledo? Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. I, I like him a lot. I, 
I think I like him the most because he's also a receiver and you know today's NFL you you really oh, yeah, to be a sure. top back you really have to be able to do both you have to be able to catch the ball and run the ball um but what you don't think they should maybe look for maybe a, a, a veteran free agent I mean there's a couple names out there like Danny Woodhead Darren McFadden LeGarrette Blount those are just a couple names like do you think maybe they should take a chance on one of those guys or stick with some younger guys maybe some guys they've already had in there like uh what's his name you think it's cj ham yeah 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 i like cj ham a lot actually um i uh i still would would go draft and then um you know whether it's asiata in there for the third guy or whether it is cj ham um i i would still you know i think the running back position it's just it's much easier to find competent replacements oh yeah um instead of going out in free agency and you know it's it's you're not really overpaying, I guess, because running backs just in general don't get paid um, what they used to. But, you know, I think... Unless you're Adrian Peterson. You, you're right, yeah. But I think you risk, you know, kind of overpaying, I guess, for a guy like, you know, like Garrett Blunt or Woodhead, you know. Yeah. When you can get a guy in the mid-round of the draft or, you know, you get bring up bring up a guy from the practice squad in CJ Ham, and I think, I don't think you're going to lose a whole lot there, especially, you know, just the combination of what Ham would bring or Asiata, you know, they're... Most they're both kind of the um, the solid um, you know the ground and pound type players, and they can catch the football. And Asiata can protect the passer, and then you get a guy with like you know as a more of a featured back that can bring that that smash mouth mentality, and also kind of that big playability as well. And you know whether it be Cream Hunt or Wayne Gelman or who knows who, but um, I think that's the route I would go um, at the running back position. Um, do they still have? Uh, what's his name? Bishop Sankey. On did they sign him to like a futures deal or something like that? I think he's still on the he's still on the roster or on the um the practice squad. I believe is what he was signed to. I'm not sure about the futures deal yeah. thing, but I think he's on the practice squad I'm for sure. Curious about him because he was a he was a pretty high pick, wasn't he? I think he was a second rounder. So for, yeah, like the Titans. Tennessee yeah. was, I believe, who drafted him. Yeah, so think, he, he that's another option yeah. too. I mean, you have you have options there too, and I, that's why. You know, I would be more reluctant to go free agency than I would, um, yeah. you know, just to use what you have in-house and then you, um, you take a third or fourth round pick and use it on the running back. I think the only um, free agent running back I think the Vikings would probably take a chance on would be someone that, you know, Shermer's coached, maybe like a Darren Sproles, but I don't I don't think he's a free agent um this offseason. So I think they'll, they'll probably go more the route that you're saying. And then when you're talking about how running backs aren't really, you know, they are they are important, but you can replace them pretty easily. I was just thinking of what the Packers did with they ha- they have a wide receiver playing running back right now. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's just it's one of the it's the position now where, I mean, it's just you, there's so many guys in the draft that could do just as I mean a a pretty darn good job, mm-hmm. and it's rare you get the guy like Leonard Fournette or you know Ezekiel Elliott yeah. in the draft where they deserve a first round pick where. Um, it's worth using it on a guy like that. It's just, it's not, and especially with the, uh, with, you know, this new era of football where um, it's such a passing oriented game mm-hmm. now, running backs have just kept, you know, their value is taking a hit um, year after year now. All right. That is about it for the news. Let's get to a couple more fun topics to talk about since there are no games to preview, sadly.
Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer said yesterday that Sam Bradford, quote, earned the right to be the team's starting quarterback. Yeah, I, that, that was, we didn't talk about it yesterday, probably should have, now we will, but go ahead. I thought that was interesting. I agree with him, but I thought that was interesting. Who will finish next season as the Vikings' starting quarterback? Finish next season. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know how much further he went into it in regards to what it meant about Teddy Bridgewater's knee because his knee just collapsed last year we, we don't know like the return is not imminent in any way um i think sam bradford's gonna be their quarterback yeah i, I will grant you that the record completion percentage 71 percent some of that was dude he was getting rid of the ball quick right around the line of scrimmage but a lot of that was also he had a terrible offensive line but i tend to agree with him I and mean, people want to want to make Teddy Bridgewater into some great quarterback before he got hurt. We thought there would be some growth, but he was very, very limited. They limited what he could do. Um, and now you cut down on some of that mobility. He was a he was a pocket passer, but an agile pocket passer. I I one I agree with it. I think he's going to be their starting quarterback, and I think that there's no guarantees that Teddy Bridgewater ever starts again in Minnesota. Um, okay, so I wanted to get you on here because I'm pretty sure you favor one side more than the other when it comes to this next topic, and I don't think it's the common side. It's actually, I think it's picking up some steam, but I don't know if it is yet. Um, but there's been a lot of talk this week about which quarterback is best for the Vikings moving forward, Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford. So I'm just going to ask you straight up which is the best option for Minnesota's future? See, this is a, uh, it's a debate that, um, you know, we're going to have for probably what another All year summer. at least, I think, because, you know, I, 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 I still be surprised at this point if Teddy's ready. Um, yeah. Come, you know, even this season at all. Um, but I think, you know, it's really hard for me to pick, a player here, one or the other. Um, I do know that Sam Bradford was um, excellent this season in replacement. Um, I don't see how, you know, there's perceptions out there that he was dink and dunk and this and that. And, you know, he obviously wasn't great. I um, in crunch time. He made a few key mistakes that mm-hmm. arguably cost the Vikings some games. So um, there's that aspect of it. But um, he definitely has the, you know, the toughness in the pocket and the accuracy to be, Certain, to certainly carry the Vikings a long ways with this roster. So um, I guess, you know, moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm not talking, just, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, talking I'm, this next season. I'm, I'm thinking like two, or, probably two or three. Really? Maybe. Okay. It, see, it's so tough because <laughs> I, think a healthy, I think a healthy Teddy. Oh, yeah. Um, if he's fully healthy, just like, you know, 2015 Teddy, I might pick him just because of his mobility and, mm-hmm. you know, the offensive line is still in shambles and, um, it's definitely not going to be an overnight process where they will suddenly become great next year and the year after that. Um, but I, I don't think Teddy's going to be or have the same mobility again. So I think right now, honestly, I would stick with Sam Bradford. If um, if Teddy does end up not being ready for the start of the season, do they, um, I guess, stick with Sam for the entire season and just you know keep Teddy as a backup and then worry about it? Than the year after, or they do they have Sam play until you know maybe Teddy's ready? Yeah, I think I think you have to 
I mean, it's just one of those things I think you, I think continuity is so important in, yeah. in, in football. And um, I would assume, I mean, my, my guess here would be Bridgewater starts the year on the, the PUP list. Yep. And then Bradford is the, um, is the starter. And I, I would think, especially if the Vikings are playing well and, you know, they have a winning record and they're in a playoff position, I don't think you mess that up. I think you stick with Bradford. And, um, I mean, unless Bradford's the reason, you know, unless he's got, you know, he's just, he's not playing well. If he's, if he takes a dramatic step back, mm-hmm. then that's different, but I wouldn't anticipate that, especially if the offensive line is a little bit better. But, um, I think you, and I just don't think, especially at the quarterback position, that's so important. Um, I, I would stick with Bradford, um, if, and you know, when Brit, uh, Bridgewater is healthy during the season next year, I, I just don't risk messing that kind of chemistry and continuity up yeah it's sort of like what you know kind of kind of the reverse of what happened with the cowboys this year how uh you know romo got hurt and Dak came in they're like oh we'll just use him for a couple games until right yeah yeah exactly Romo comes back but then they were i think you know winning nine out of ten games so they're like uh okay i guess we'll just stay with this guy but um right exactly sticking with bradford do you think the vikings should offer him an extension this offseason i would wait on that um i would still you know i'd let him play next year um because you have i mean you have bridgewater i mean you're left on this contract yeah yeah yeah, one year so um you know i would wait on that because i mean you have you have bridgewater a pretty darn good and proven quarterback um who i mean by all accounts should be at least ready for you know 2018 so hopefully um i i think i think you 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 still make Bradford prove it again because you have, you have the options too. I mean, it's, a, it's, um, you can, you're able to let him prove it again. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that yet. I would still, you know, and obviously he was phenomenal this year and you know, that coming off of, you know, in, in those circumstances coming in, um, what a week and a half before the season started and yeah. playing as well as you did, that's obviously, um, superb and, um, very worthy of a pretty nice contract, but, uh, I think when you have a guy like Bridgewater back there, I think you you might as well just let Bradford prove it and earn it before you before you pay him. Yeah, I think it's 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 too risky. I'm I'm curious to see, um, you know what maybe Bradford's agent does this off season because I think he created a bit of stir last year when um, the Eagles oh yeah that's right went yeah. with Wentz as their starter. So I'm curious to see uh, if something goes on this off season where maybe uh maybe Bradford holds out i don't i don't think that would happen i think that would be uh, you know a a slim chance of happening but you know you never know in the nfl um bradford's career record not so hot i think it's 32 i don't think it i have it right in front of me it's 32 45 and 1 um not the greatest so why does he keep getting chances to start? I understand he was on some bad teams, but you know some of the best QBs in the league are able to do a lot sometimes when they have very little. Right, and I think you know I, I've I'm, I'm very much against the the QB wins argument. Um, <laughs> I just think there, there's there's so much context that goes into every quarterback's individual situation. You know, you got guys like you know Peyton Manning last year. He was you know, arguably a, a bottom five quarterback and mm-hmm. he ended up winning the Super Bowl. And then, you know, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing he's over the last, what, six years, seven years has been 
by you know a long ways the, the best in the league, and he's only got one Super Bowl to show for it. So I think it's just there's um there's too much context to kind of base a quarterback's performance off of win loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean look at these teams that and these offenses that you know Bradford had both in St. Louis and Philadelphia. Really, I mean yeah. in St. Louis his number one target was Danny Amendola, and then I think <laughs> one year it was Jared Cook, and then in Philly you had guys dropping passes all over the place yeah. and uh, I just think you know he's getting I think this year he showed it you know he had um, he had better weapons around him he had I mean Adam Thielen came out of nowhere and they developed a good um, kind of rapport there and um, even with you know a bottom probably bottom five pass protecting unit he was able to put up a, what 20 touchdowns and five interceptions yep um, you know so I think he certainly has the potential you know with a decent supporting cast to to be a really good starting quarterback, I think. Yeah, I I want I want to believe in him. I guess I'm just I'm not ready to get excited about a guy who hasn't won more than seven games in a season. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit I I was on board before the bye week, as I think most people were. Yeah. But yeah. Um, now I'm thinking that he was just playing out of his mind, maybe in the first stretch of games, because uh, I don't know. In the the last half of the season, just it seemed like he was timid, and I don't know if that had to do with just getting pummeled every time going back there because the offensive line couldn't block anyone. But at the same time, um, when he gets back in the pocket, I don't see him, you know, moving around as much. He just takes a couple. Right. Yeah. There are definitely weaknesses in his game where you know I, I can definitely see the argument against him. You know, he he's not very aware in the pocket. Yeah. He doesn't move around a whole lot. I mean, it's not like he's the most athletic dude in the world. He's had about 11 knee surgeries, but he, did, he, um, he ran a bunch uh, in the last couple of games. But uh... I mean, yeah, that, that he had a 24 yard carry against the Bears, so that kind of <laughs> I mean that that shows you where the Bears are right now. But yeah. um, you know, but there's the pocket awareness thing where he kind of you know he doesn't manipulate the pocket mm-hmm. very well at all. He just kind of stays put there, and that's part of the reason Clemmings what looks so bad this year. Honestly, is because. You know, he stayed put, and guys like Clay Matthews or whoever would come off the edge and just rail on him. Yeah, because there's that, and then there's also you know you look at his crunch time play too. You know, the the, the big moments in games when quarterbacks will step mm-hmm. up. He didn't do that this year, and a couple of games. You know, I think about the Washington game. He had the mm-hmm. um, that interception where you know he just he did he simply assumed the guy'd be open on the on the slant route, and he wasn't there. Um, the defensive end had dropped in coverage, and then. You know, there was the two-point conversion where he missed stealing again on a drag route um, against Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the interception against Detroit on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, he definitely has that to prove as well. So, I can underst- I can certainly understand the, the, the you know, pre- the pre- you know preferring Teddy Bridgewater to Bradford here. Because, you know, there were, those are key areas, you know, crunch time and pocket, you know, awareness and, you know, um, maneuverability that Bridgewater certainly um, is very, very good at in those categories. Yeah, um, I think some of those miscommunications, not to uh, stress that word in, in the Vikings, you know, uh, uh, I guess world, because, you know, that that, that word was used a little too much maybe in the last part of the season, especially with the DBs. Um, but um, I think that, that stuff's going to be that'll, – that'll improve in the offseason. That's something that can get better because I think, you know, even in the Washington game, I think that was what, like – six or seven games Bradford has been playing with these guys. Yeah, it would have been his, I think, ninth or eighth game. Oh, yeah, so he... I think it's the eighth game, so, yeah. He was still 
he was still trying to figure out where people, you know, how, how their minds worked and how they worked together and where they liked the, the ball and stuff like that. So I think that's something that I'll see a big improvement going into next year. I mean, they're able to get so much pressure with their front four, they don't have to bring extra people. Favre lets it go, downfield, pass caught. Touchdown, Rice. On first down, Favre fakes the handoff. Ducks under pressure, hits Rice, who's got his second. And an avid outdoorsman. On third down, Favre backpedaling as he lost it for Rice. How good is that combo? That's their third of the day. Touchdown, Vikings. I wanted to talk about two more, uh, not well, two games. Because on Tuesday, the anniversary of two very important Vikings games in Minnesota history uh, happened. The first being the last playoff win for the Vikings in 2009. That's not how you say it, but 2009, <laughs> uh, when they beat, uh, I'm sorry, destroyed the Dallas Cowboys 34-3. Um, Drew, is there anything that you uh, maybe remember most from this game that seems like an eternity ago? Oh, well, that was, that, that's that got to be up there in probably my top three moments in my life as a Vikings uh, Vikings fan. I mean, I, 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 I do not like the Dallas Cowboys, and I've kind of gotten some flack for saying this but i do not i like i dislike the dallas cowboys more than i dislike the green bay packers oh and um i just i, I don't like watching a football game and then a camera panning over to jerry jones <laughs> like 10 times a game like i just want to watch the guys playing football and that's some you know old crinkly face so like that's kind of why i don't like the cowboys um so you know it was nice to see a 34 to 3 blowout like that and Watch Tony Romo turn it over like five times, and yeah, was Sydney it, Rice. wasn't even like Sydney Rice had three touchdowns too. So that was, I mean, that that was really fun. It wasn't even sure. like you know the Cowboys were you know short of anybody. They had Romo in there, and they had most of their starters in there, and the Vikings just pummeled them. So oh, it was it was hilarious <laughs> and fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I was watching highlights of it today, and like you mentioned, um, I forgot that Sydney Rice had three touchdowns in that game. I was like, wow, what? What a season he had. He uh he stole a lot of money from the Seahawks, that's for sure. Uh, okay, people forget how unstoppable he was that year yeah. with Favre. It was like one on one, it was it was it was uh, he was unstoppable. And he was too big, too lengthy. Just hurt his hips. For the defense. Yes. Yeah. If if Minnesota makes this field goal here now, you know, they get the ten point lead. Had Atlanta on that fourth down kicked the field goal, then this couldn't happen. And Anderson hasn't missed in two years. So that's a pretty good bet if you say, do you think Gary Anderson will make this field goal? The answer should probably be yes. 39 yards away. And it's not good. The second game that took place on Tuesday, 18 years ago, um... Don't really like to talk about it. It was the Vikings' horrible upset loss to the Atlanta Falcons in the 99 NFC Championship game. Um, it's still a touchy subject for a lot of Vikings fans and for me. It was really my first taste of uh, Vi right. Vikings heartbreak. Um, Drew, was the loss in 99 to the Falcons 
the worst loss in Vikings history? I think it's got to be. Um, you know, and I, I guess my own experience doesn't really count because I would have been three years old at the time. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, I've looked back and I've watched the, the videos on it and you know seen what people have said and um, certainly what my own parents have said and my family has said about it and um, it's have an offense that good with so many playmakers and to be you know Atlanta wasn't I don't from what I know I don't think they were you know supposed to be even in that game no uh, I think the Vikings were favored by 11 yeah yeah so then and you get the guy I mean you get Gary Anderson missing his only kick of the entire season it just it sums up what it's like being a Viking I mean being a Vikings fan it sums it up perfectly right there and then to have that of course happen you know something a debacle like that so many other times throughout you know minnesota history it's yeah it, 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 sometimes you just have to laugh at it because you know it's stars aren't supposed to align like that as much as they have for sure yeah when like was it yeah it was last year when walsh missed missed that kick and people were you know like oh my god i can't believe they lost he should have made it i'm like this is the Vikings. This is what happens. You had you had to kind of expect something like that to yeah. happen because, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah I was I was waiting for it to happen and it did because that's just that's how it is when you're you know when you follow the Vikings. Um, but three years old, so you weren't like sitting on TV with like a little notebook and stuff, just jotting down notes while you were watching the game. I, I should have been. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's funny because my my first vivid memory of a Vikings game would have been, I think it would have been the NFC Championship. Was it two years Giants. later when they uh, they got blown out uh, by the Giants? Because we had, I remember we had uh, my my dad's friend and his, and his son over to watch the game, and uh, you know I, that was right after I'd gotten my my Chris Carter jersey, yeah. and uh, it was I was really pumped to watch football. It was, uh, yeah. I thought it was so fun, and then forty one nothing happened. And you're so. like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that, at least they got blown out in that game. Like they didn't like lead it on. Like that game was over after the first quarter. Right. So you knew, yeah, you knew what was happening. You, you knew you know you, you knew by the end of the first quarter that you know you knew what you were getting. Yeah. You didn't know. You didn't, you didn't have the the missed field goal from Gary Anderson coming or no. the Blair Walsh chip shot hooking left. Was, you didn't have that. I was heartbreak. Uh, in '99. I just remember. I think I was ten years old, ten, twelve. Um, Around that age, but my dad, he's a Broncos fan, so we were looking forward to like a Vikings Broncos Super Bowl, and you know it just crumbled before my eyes. And I'm like, wait, this isn't supposed to happen. And like they're 15 and one, they win everything. How how do they lose? And you know I've come to learn that that's just you know that's just <laughs> yeah. the way things go. Um, what else was I gonna say? Um, oh, I was looking up something today, and I figured out that if you took the final minutes of each half out of the game, the score would have been twenty-seven to thirteen in favor of the Vikings. Really? The Falcons scored two touchdowns in the final minute of each half. <laughs> I was just like, "Are you serious? Wow. Are you serious?" See, yeah, that that doesn't like like that should surprise me more than it than it it does. But like, I, I remember too vividly the twenty thirteen year, which we look back on like as you know just a a travesty and just just a quite a down year but i remember um i want to say the vikings would have been 
Oh, Either was it like the nine, two six, minutes? Nine, thing? six, and one. Yeah, they would have been like nine, six, and one or something if games were 59 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I re- yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's again, it's a summation of Minnesota Vikings um, right there. You know, yeah. so close to get your hopes up, and then they find ways, whether it be game by game or whether it be an entire season, and then you, they, they find a way to uh, kill, kill your hopes and dreams. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, a season like that won't ever happen again, and then 2016 comes along. Yes, exactly. Okay, um, that's gonna do it for today, Drew. Um, I'm glad we could end on a high note. Yeah, um, we ended on terrific, happy ending. <laughs> um, before we leave, Drew, can you just let everyone know once again where people can find you on social media? Yeah, uh, check me out on Twitter. Um, be at Drew Mahold, and the last name there is spelled M A H O W A L D. All right. Drew, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to sit here and talk Vikings with me. Oh, it was a pleasure for sure. All right. Until next week or next episode, I guess, Vikings fans, I will talk to you later.